This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The quote-unquote clean home run record, Keith. Uh, Roger Maris Jr. has put this out there, and we touched on this in our last show, and I want to kind of reiterate this again, why I, I, it it is meaningful to him. Let's remember that Roger Maris held a separate home run record from the second that he hit number 61 till the day he died. His record was always separated from Babe Bruce. And that was because of the number of games that he did it in the expansion added games to the schedule. And the commissioner who was friends with Babe Ruth wanted to make a distinction that if Roger Maris couldn't hit 60 home runs within 154 games, the way Babe Ruth did, the record was not going to be considered the same. Uh, and it was a mistake by that commissioner, but he had his reasons, as I said, upholding something from his friend, Babe Ruth. Um, so the Maris family understands that their father did not ever share the home run, did not ever hold the home run record singularly. He died in 1985. The asterisk that was placed next to his name in the record book wasn't removed until 1991 when they decided a season is a season and Roger Maris holds the record. Roger Maris never knew that. He died six years before that happened. So the Maris family is now saying, Keith, you know, that's all. Barry Bonds is a steroid-aided home run record. Aaron Judge is a clean record. Now, there's a slippery slope there, and I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit more. But we do understand, Keith, why the Maris family is so adamant about making this happen separately because – that was their whole life. That was his, their father's whole life. Yeah, and I think that bit of information is important for younger people to understand and anyone to understand during these last couple of weeks that you've seen Roger Maris Jr. at these games. You've seen his tweet. He was involved in the post-game press conference. And, uh, you know, he, he's not a analyst. He's not paid by any TV network or radio station to give his takes and his thoughts. It's motivated by his dad and his dad's legacy. And I think it's important for people to understand that, hey, he's saying Judge should be the rightful owner. They should do something to change who in the record book right, has the actual record, this, that, and the other. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't no. expect them to do that because, like you said, the slippery slope. Um, but I will say this, and I've, I've said this on the podcast before. Believe what you want to believe. Think what you want to believe. Or, yeah. uh, think think what you want to think. People feel like Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame, right? right. I, I do. But he's not. So in my humble opinion, I feel like his home run record is as real as his Hall of Fame plaque. Neither one exists to me because there's so much talk about the steroid era. There's so much talk about um, these guys' individual accomplishments. And I understand there's a ton of Yankees haters that like to say, oh, well, what about those Yankees championships with steroid users on their team? We're talking about an individual. We're talking about an individual accomplishment. And yep. if you have an individual accomplishment that is the record and it's known that you were aided, there's another argument that, oh, Barry Bonds never failed the drug test. Come on. We all know we watched Barry from they, they he... were testing back then, though. They, didn't <laughs> right. they weren't they weren't randomly <laughs> testing. Right? Yeah. So I, I just understand that baseball is the type of sport 
that there's a ton of debate and conversation like this all the time. Good. Let it go on forever. There's no such publicity as bad publicity. Let people fight and argue over the different things for what my money's worth and for what I've seen, which I did see. I came up in that era, right? You talked about yeah. when you were a kid, 61 was the number. When I was a kid, I was at Little League Baseball Camp. I was playing Little League. And these guys like Bonds, which he did it in 2001, but yeah. really for me it was McGuire and Sosa's race that yeah. like when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about them being juiced up. I wasn't thinking about them using PEDs. I was thinking, wow, chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. These guys hit a lot of home runs. They're smashing this record. And uh, fast forward to now, right? The record being 73. I saw Jeff Passan and shout out to Jeff Passan. I just met him a couple of weeks ago in the, in the media uh, area in Yankee Stadium. Great guy. But I thought that his tweet was a little bit like, you know, he put out a tweet, said, Judge, has the American League record or judge had a, had a great year hitting 62, mm -hmm. but the record is 73 and there's yeah. nothing else to talk about. No, there's a lot to there's talk a lot, about. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like when people just say, listen, this is my, my answer is the right answer and stop discussing it. That's really, you know, uh, I, I agree with you on that, but it's hard to differentiate. Listen, and, and our perspectives are all different because what you were 10 when McGuire and Sosa were doing their thing, right? About that. Um, I, you know, I was an adult, you were still a kid and our perspectives on those things are a lot different. Um, I think the thing about when I say slippery slope, how do we like, what's the answer? Cause as you said, um, we have a lot of, a, a, a lot of anecdotal evidence and a lot of reporting that tells us what Barry Bonds was doing and why that number isn't considered by many people to be legitimate. Right. Um, but the thing is, okay. How many of those home runs did he hit off of pitchers who were taking steroids? Um, and what are you trying to do necessarily to – do they all not count? Do we say, okay, well, if he wasn't taking steroids, he would have hit 48 home runs. Like, you know, there's no way to really differentiate that. The other thing here, Keith, I think is kind of really important here. You know, it's possible – You know, um, Ben Johnson was an Olympic sprinter who won a gold medal and set a world record at the 1988 Olympics – he tested positive for steroids. They stripped him of his medal and made the second place finisher, who's Carl Lewis, the gold medal winner. That's very easy to do in an individual sport. Uh, Lance Armstrong, same kind of thing, right? You can strip him in an individual race, the Tour de France, and say, okay, the second place guy, you're now the winner. It's really hard to do this in a team sport because, okay, if you're telling me that Barry Bonds' record is legitimate and you should strip him of those home runs, those home runs came in a team sport. So do you take those runs off the board? Do you take those wins away? Do you Impossible. have to re <laughs> re legislate playoff and world series games? How, how do you, you can't do that. I think, like I said, it's fine being a topic of conversation in the record books. They're not going to change that. They're not going to do that. Barry Bond stepped in that batter's box and he hit 73 yeah. home runs. Yes, he did. Aided by PEDs. Yes. But there, there's no PED to change your hand-eye coordination. There's no PED to make you a better hitter, make you stronger, make you recover faster. But, you know, we all know Barry Bonds is the best hitter we've ever seen. So uh, the conversation can go on forever. This is the last thing I'll say about it. We have been all season talking about a clean record, a clean record for years now. We haven't seen – we saw John Carlos Stan. I went down to Miami. Let mm -hmm. me see if I have my proof. Yeah, you have it there? I went down to Miami to Ooh. see John Carlos Stanton. There you go. Chase 60, Chase 61, wow. Chase 62. 
the year before he became a Yankee. I didn't even know he was going to become a Yankee. He didn't do it. He didn't get there, right? Judge got there. So now we do have a guy that we look at as the clean home run king. He's definitely the AL home run king. But there are a ton of people that watch baseball and they have this, I don't know, this thing against the steroid era. When I was a kid, that made baseball cool. That made people like baseball. Baseball marketed it, promoted it. They needed it. But fast forward to where we are in 2022. We now have a guy who is so locked in, so good at hitting a baseball. And just the way that he carries himself as well, I like the fact that I can say I watched Aaron Judge. I met Aaron Judge. I'm a Yankees fan that covers the Yankees. And I watched the entire season that he hit 62. And in my opinion, that is the clean home run record. Not the home run record, the most home runs we've seen in this season. We've seen Bonds do more or hit more. We've seen McGuire hit more. We've seen Sosa hit more. But for my money, a guy that did not take PEDs, a clean Home run hitter. It's Aaron Judge as the clean record holder. I, I think we also, we touched on this in our last show, Keith. It is a little dangerous to just simply proclaim it the clean home run record. Because even though there were some, the the whispers about Andrew Seen Dion in 98 had come out. You know, we didn't really all of a sudden in 1998, we didn't say, well, this record isn't legit. They're on steroids. It was held up as a legit record. And I will tell you, as I, as I said the last episode, there was a time in, in, not that long ago where we said, well, thank goodness for Alex Rodriguez, because once he hits 800 home runs, Barry Bonds will be obliterated and we will have a real clean home run champion. How did that turn out? Okay. <laughs> Not real good. Keith. Not great. No. Listen, and I'm listen, I, I want to uphold everything the judge does and that it's fabulous and it's great. And you want to say it's legit and clean. But you never, you know, you really just have to be careful when you just proclaim it that way and say it can't be challenged because you don't know what the future holds. Alex Rodriguez at one point in time was everything that was great about baseball. Uh, uh, Coverboy in Sports Illustrated that way. He was going to be the guy that set the steroid era home run records and threw them away. Well, that, you know, that's a bad take. Okay, that didn't age well. Should we say that's is that how we say it now, Keith? Is that what we say? Yeah, that's, that's what well. they say on Twitter. This tweet didn't age well. Who's aging tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting the age of tweets? I'll tell you something that I thought was really cool, though, for Judge is that he he got to do this pretty much by himself. He he lopped the field in home runs. Nobody's really close, and that's unique here because remember, Mantle was right alongside Maris in 1961 until the very end. An injury took him out of it, and Maris uh, eclipsed the mark. Mantle fell short. McGuire was a miserable person through the first three months of the season as he was on pace. Then all of a sudden, Sammy Sosa had 20 homers in June, jumped into this race, and all of a sudden, you know, smiles pop up because you have somebody else to share the pressure, and there's a race to get there. Bonds didn't necessarily have it. But he was chasing somebody who was still current in the game, like McGuire and Sosa. Sosa hit a bunch that year. Uh, Luis Gonzalez hit 57 that year. So there were still people up there. I think Sosa finished in the 60, 66 or something like that um, in that same season. So he was up there. Uh, nobody came close to Aaron Judge. He was up there by himself. And the fact that he outdistanced everybody by this and didn't have anybody else jockeying for position or to share the pressure, I think that's another unique aspect of this. And he never made it about himself. The guy is always talking about the team. 
the team, the team. And he led this team. He carried this team when this team was struggling. There's some wins that Aaron Judge is responsible for walking off, hitting a walk-off homer. There's a few of them this year. Yeah. And uh, talk about MVP. When you talk about the gap between him and the next guy, who is it, Kyle Schwarber with 46? It's yeah. not close. It is not close. For him to handle the pressure of New York to do it for the New York Yankees, who this season he – literally turned down an extension and bet on himself and the team got off to their hottest start in years and he just stayed steady and did something historic on his own I, I love the guy I love I love how uh in Toronto that last game we were all saying maybe we rest him maybe we rest him and they don't rest him and he comes out and does it last night I was on the radio and even online I'm saw so, I'm seeing him frustrated I'm seeing him banging his helmet I'm like this thing has turned into a circus we want to make sure he's right no, he wants to be in there. He talks to Boone and says, I want to be in there for my team. And he does it the first at bat of the game for the squad. Puts the Yankees on the board. First, done. Everybody exhale. Aaron Judge gets to 62. He doesn't come up short for the people that were saying he was choking. He doesn't come up short for the young kids. That's the last thing, too. The young kids that have seen this. They didn't see Bonds. They didn't see Maguire. They didn't see, like, yeah. they don't know of that. For yeah. the young kids, he is their Yankee, right? There are generations of Yankees fans that talk about who they saw and who was their guy from Mantle to uh, Jeter to Judge or whoever it is. These young kids that are Yankees fans, that are baseball fans, have a guy that they can say they watched his whole historic season and he did it the right way. Props to Patty and Wayne Judge. They uh, raised a superhuman. I love the the quote that someone put out about you know, how he was adopted and how, you know, they they kind of like look at him like a Clark Kent, right? Yeah. He's, he's Superman on the field, yeah. but he's Clark Kent off the field. He uh -huh. doesn't showboat. He, he doesn't make it all about himself. And that's because he was raised the right way. So I always try to give props to his parents. That's great. Uh, I'm going to let you sift through some of these comments here, see if there's anything you want to address. We're on Twitch live. This is BXB. Uh, if you're not listening to us live, you're listening to us on our uh, New Yankees podcast. That's episode number nine. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy, we're available from Odyssey and everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, follow, review, uh, write, you know, all that jazz and uh, and check us out. Um we uh, are going through the playoffs, too, and we should have a playoff preview for you coming up next week when we know the exact matchup on that. Um, you, you, know, you mentioned something about Judge Elso that, that kind of uh, uh, jumped into my head, but now I kind of forgot it. Uh, but we talked about the MVP. And, oh, I know, it's, uh, like he's, he is actually out of the lineup today. He's resting game 162, uh, so he's not going to win the Triple Crown. He's going to come up a few points short. He is four points short heading into the day. Luis Arise is batting. He has to go like, you know, 0 for 10 or something like that to lose this batting. We must goal. never leave that out, Sweeney. When we talk about this historically for years to come, we have to mention that while he was chasing 60, yeah. 61, and 62, yeah. he did hold the triple crown. He was yeah. this close to getting it. Maybe it was the pressure, the media coverage, the live look-ins, all of the talk well, the around the sports is, world. Not throwing him enough strikes. I was about to say, or just not getting pitches to hit. Nobody wanted to be the guy to give it up. He had the triple crown as he was chasing history. It's incredible. Yeah, and because and a lot of, like nobody's afraid of throwing Luis Araya as a strike, right? <laughs> like, you know, you're you're not staying away from him because you're afraid you're going to beat him. And I'm not trying to put down a rise. You know, you hit 315 over a full major league season, you know. You had a good year. He, he was you great all year. His his average was up to like 350 at some point yeah. points of this year. 
I'm not taking anything away from him. He's going to win the batting title, and he deserves it. Whether he played today or not, I don't, you know, I don't care for the people who are down on him for sitting out um, for a couple of days, hamstring injury, whatever, phantom or real, whatever you believe. You played a full season's worth of games and won a batting title. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, but Judge, you know, we mentioned this a couple of times. Judge was chasing down two historic seasons in Yankee lore at the exact same time. You know, he was chasing Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle's triple crown year um, in 1956, the last Yankee to win a triple crown. You're taking down two of the all-time great Yankee seasons at once, taking them on, not taking them down both. But holy cow, at a time, and this gets in the MVP debate, at a time when the Yankees were struggling in the second half and needed – Every, even though their record wasn't stellar, they needed whatever wins they could get just to kind of stay in this. Yeah. I, the more I think about Judge, and I have to give props to Samantha Judge, his wife as well. The more I think about Judge, talk about a guy putting the team on his back and the weight of the world on his shoulders, how hard that is. This was a season where people talked about how heavy the pinstripes are yeah. with mm-hmm. Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. What? Heavy, the pinstripes are not heavy for him at all. That's why I'm sure he's not going anywhere. There, there's no way they let him go anywhere. He is the perfect Yankee. The guy, he got booed in the beginning of the season. I was at Yankee he Stadium won in 13 games, and the pressure was getting to him because he turned down the contract. Right? I was, I was in 203, and I could hear people saying, "Why didn't you sign the contract?" Oh my God, Judge, you should have taken the money. And I'm sitting there like, "Shut up! Do you understand what you're looking at?" Yeah, The fact that this guy believes in himself that much that he said, I'll go out there. He stayed healthy all year, mm-hmm. right? There's so many factors. And that's why I gave props to his wife and his family because that's his support system when he's not there. Uh, he's got good relationships with the team. And yeah, the, the team went on a historic run to start the year. They slumped. He carried them. He played center field, right? This yeah. is the most yeah. we've ever seen him play center field, not right field. He dh He led off. Like everything that was asked of him, he answered the call. What an incredible human being. Uh, We're blessed to see Aaron Judge play baseball, and I hope he finishes his career here. There's a certain maturity that came this year, too, that played out in what you talked about is being healthy and staying on the field. Um, If you go back and remember the, uh, the, the Don Mattingly doc that was on MLB Network earlier this year was a fantastic show and look at his career. And one of the things that he said in that, and Mattingly was, you know, one of the top two or three players in the entire sport in the mid-1980s. One of the things he said in there, you know, as he, as his back started to betray him, he didn't really get the idea of less work can be more beneficial. He kept pushing himself and pushing himself to the point where his back gave out and he wasn't the same player anymore. And there was a little forlorn look in Mattingly's eyes when at one point he said something to the effect of paraphrasing that you know, he wished he had known earlier in his career that less is more or that less can be more and that he can still do this without um, pushing through all the swings and all the at-bats. And Aaron Judge started to learn that, okay? He's a guy who had the checkered injury history the last few years, hard to stay on the field, pull this muscle, muscle, pull that muscle, whatever. Um, He recognized in his body the 
optimal way to stay on the field. And we saw it play out. Remember when everybody's early in the year, they're saying, why is he getting today off? They have a day off tomorrow. Why is he not in the lineup? Now, all of a sudden, at the end of the season, Keith, everybody say, why don't they give him a day off? Why don't they arrest him? (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah, he looks frustrated. He looks exhausted. Give him a break. Not now. Not when he's this close to the record. He He won't sit down. And he figured it out, okay? There was a balance there that Don Mattingly didn't recognize until it was too late. And Aaron Judge is starting to recognize it right now at 30, heading into whatever that free agent contract is going to be. He could be the one who is figuring it out and saying, okay, there are days when I don't have to take this many swings. There are days when it's going to be beneficial to me to rest, even though we have an off day tomorrow and it's May 23rd or whatever it's going to be. Um, There are ways to manage this. He got the most out of his body this year at a very crucial time. I think that's an important point. And you know what? We hear a lot about his process. He spoke to it too. Just coming to the ballpark every day. He even laughed last night in his post game as if he was playing today. He's like, you know, I got to go to sleep, come back tomorrow and play a day game. Yeah. I would love to learn more about his process, what he does to prepare for a baseball game. He's locked in. I hope they make him captain so that more of these young guys that are on the way, this young Yankees talent that we expect to see in the next two, three years can learn from him. Um, I don't know. There's there's not enough words or we were running out of adjectives to describe this guy. We were running out of words this season and he actually did it. So now what's next? Right. For me, the last thing is the postseason. Right. Because mm-hmm. people in the past have said, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been great in the postseason. He's had some moments in the postseason, yeah. but he's set up now. And this is kind of what, what I was alluding to yesterday. Like, hey, what's more important, the record, the triple crown? or him being right for the postseason. We don't want him stressing this so much that he goes into the postseason slumping. He was slumping right right now. Good. He, he's, he's off his feet today. He gets the next few days, six days to reset and to just live in it. And uh, he's got to have a big October, and I think he will. Everything goes to 0-0, zero, zero. the records, the stats, uh, the yeah. fans, right? As far as he, he even joked about the fans, he's like, everyone can sit down and watch the ball game now. Like, that's odd. He laughed about uh, – fans in Yankee Stadium booing each time a pitcher threw a ball. Like, yeah, that's hard for all of us. We're like, what mm-hmm. is this? And now that is done. When, when we get back to uh, Yankee Stadium Tuesday, fans are going to be standing the whole game. That's just what it's like in October because people want to see everything. Um, if you're in a seat sitting down, you got to stand up. And uh, the energy and the excitement will be there for all of the Yankees who have stepped up too. I have to give props to this team. They knew the stress on him. And they were hitting the ball out. Everyone's waiting for Judge to hit a home run. Every other guy stepped up and and hit a homer and played well and took kind of of the weight off of his shoulder. So I'm so ready for this team to come together and carry that chemistry. Carry that – like when you see everybody coming out of the dugout excited for him, that's why I said incredible. He did it for the squad. You know, it it was something that probably the the, you know, it didn't weigh the team down, but it was weighing heavy on the team because they love him. They wanted it to get done, and they did. And now they can carry that magic and momentum into October. You're going to be watching the playoffs. I'll be watching the playoffs. You know who else is going to be watching the playoffs? Shohei Otani. This team <laughs> is not in the playoffs. Now listen, and, I, and that's a cheap shot, okay? I'll admit, no, but that's well done. No, that's no, well done. it's a cheap shot. But Shohei Otani has had – He's, had, he's put together two years in a row where there are areas where he's gotten better since last year, which is pretty phenomenal to see. He is going to be up around like almost close to 170 innings pitched, uh, which is amazing, plus what he's doing offensively. 
So you put those two together. Yeah, we're watching something that we've never seen in our lifetime that doesn't automatically make him the MVP. Think of now because and I can say this, Keith, we'd be looking at this differently. If Aaron Judge, you know, had the exact same year, let's say he hit 311 with 41 home runs and 130 RBIs. We'd be looking at this differently, okay? You can make a better argument for Otani as the MVP if Judge didn't make a run at this historic number. Um, and add to that the fact that his team needed him and the word valuable in MVP is used a lot of times by people to understand it to mean, okay, to your team in a playoff race. Mm-hmm. Otani's team isn't in a playoff race, and they haven't been. I think what I, w- I would love to get, he plays all his games on the West Coast. I see highlights. I would love to just watch Otani on a daily basis and marvel the way we do with Aaron Judge because I think he's phenomenal as a, as, a, as a specimen of a baseball player. But if you're voting for an award, you know, most of the time you take into account where, where the team finishes. And, you know, Judge's team is in the postseason because of Judge. And what are we talking about with valuable, right? It's the most valuable player. The Yankees made a ton of money those last uh, home games because everybody was coming to see Aaron Judge. The Toronto Blue Jays in the Rogers Center profited off of Aaron Judge. So did the Texas Rangers. Like, that's value. Everyone's coming to see this guy. They weren't doing live look-ins to watch Otani's no-hitters or no-hit bid. He didn't actually have them, but I think he had a couple no-hit bids. Um, It's different. And what I'll say is Shohei Otani is a unicorn. He's a one of one. We've never seen this. There's nobody else that can do what he does in this game. But that does not automatically make him MVP every year. Maybe they make a trophy for him, uh, you know, best pitcher and hitter. But when you look at what Judge put together and how just his story has captivated the whole country, you've got the president tweeting. You've got every person that ever played Yankees baseball, everyone in the baseball world congratulating him, watching him, rooting for him. And he did it. He didn't fall short. That is your MVP. Uh, His value is ridiculous. We just saw Shohei Otani sign a a one-year deal with the Angels for $30 so they would avoid avoid arbitration. I have no idea. You know, that's light. That is light. (laughs) I have no idea what Judge is going to get, but it's going to be more than that per year for sure. Yeah, and I mean, he's got a multi-year deal. He's in free agency versus an arbitration, so the whole pay system is different. Um, but I, I wish I could have a daily appreciation more for what Otani's doing just by watching him. Uh, it is amazing to watch. But when you're talking about taking down historic numbers, um, that's the difference for me, um, and and the playoff thing. Um, you know, because I don't. I also don't know if Shohei Otani's numbers were slightly off. He'd still be this unicorn that you're talking about. You know, if he only pitched, say, 140 innings and had only, let's say, 10 or 12 wins as a pitcher um, and maybe only 28 home runs as a hitter, he'd still be this most amazing athlete we've ever seen. The guy that CC Sabathia says it was the greatest player you've ever seen. And, you know, he, he could be MVP every year. But you've got to look at what the other people are doing in context to that. And for Judge, the context is what his team needed and the history he was chasing. And as we said earlier, nobody else was going toe-to-toe with him, okay? He finished he's – at he's 16 home runs ahead of the second-place guy. Um, if I'm putting that in other sport contexts, I remember when I was a kid, Dan Marino set the touchdown pass record. He threw 48 touchdown passes in one season. The next guy that year threw 32. Marino just – 
blew everybody out of the water. Now that record has been passed uh, too, uh, but Peyton Manning did the same thing. The year that he said it, he was 16 or 18 ahead of the second place guy. There's a, that's different, Keith. That's telling me something different. It's hard to do it on, on the main stage. Barry Bonds came out um, on the K-Rod cast for Sunday Night Baseball against the Red Sox, and he said Yankee Stadium is the biggest stage in baseball. Good. I'm glad he said that. That's Barry Bonds telling you it's hard to play over there. Everybody's watching. Judge, it's nothing. And no, he didn't uh, get 61 or 62 on that stage, but he got 60 for the Yankee Stadium fans, and he does it night in and night out in the pinstripes, the first-place team a team that earned a buy this year, a team that in the beginning of the year was playing at 115 win pace, it's different. Otani loses a ton of games. The Angels lose a ton of games. They were eliminated a week or two ago. And uh, not as many people are showing up to the big A to watch him as they are with Judge. And uh, not as many people nationally can get eyes on those games because they play till 1 a.m. Eastern time. So, I mean, I don't think there's much of a conversation anymore. I know there's people on Twitter that, are going to have that conversation. But Judge is the AL MVP, and we're blessed to have seen the season that he just put together. You know, and I think back to this, you know, the idea of, you know, there are people that can that can uh, kind of supersede the, the West Coast thing. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. was the biggest star in the sport, right? He played all his games in Seattle. But you get to the postseason, and all of a sudden you start separating because there are more there are more eyes on you. And, you know, that and that's true going back to, you know, Sandy Koufax is legendary, right? Well, he Los Angeles Dodgers in an age when all the games were not on TV and his team was on the West Coast. Well, how did he make his name? Because he blew everybody out in the World Series. That's why you saw him on the national stage and he took uh, and, and took that. Uh, Judge is going to have a chance to do that again as the Yankees advance to the playoffs again. Otani and Trout are kind of in this, you know, kind of netherworld because they're not in the playoffs again. And it's and it's uh, sad to see that. Uh, because from uh, from a baseball fan's perspective, you want to see the best players everywhere just move forward. And you're seeing a lot of that, you know, with the expanded playoffs, too. A lot of the best players still have a chance to get there. And you'd like to see that happen there. Um, we're we're going to have a deeper playoff preview coming up um, before the Yankees series starts. They start on Tuesday. Uh, it's BXB. Thank you for joining us live on Twitch. Uh, and we'll try to do this as often as possible, too. And you can find us, uh, the recorded version. It's from Odyssey, and it's available everywhere you get your podcast. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy.